What's going on, Logan? Howdy. Good morning. Morning. Happy July 1st. We are more than, more than halfway through the year now. I know, man. It's, it's crazy to look down and see how fast it's flown. It is. It is. Well, everyone tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in to Swagelock Southeast Texas Talks. I'm one of your hosts, Buster Caballero, along with my bearded brother, Logan Boderide. Logan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm... Uh... I'm really excited about this episode, Buster. Yeah, the top 10. We, we've kind of joked about this one a little bit. Now it's a reality. We have. Every every great webcast or podcast does a top 10 episode, so we're, we're finally joining the ranks of the greats. We are, we are among the greats now. I think this means we've made it officially. It is. It is. So <laughs> for everyone tuning in, this is our weekly show. Uh, we are... Logan and Buster from Swedgelock Southeast Texas. We are going to be talking about a lot of different applications in our field. Uh, it's a pretty open show, so tune in if you're lis- watching on YouTube. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this a little later on now, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Google Play Store. So go ahead if you can subscribe. We'll put a link to those down below in the uh, notes for YouTube and. Go ahead and follow us, please. We appreciate it. And share this out with your friends. So getting into it, Logan, tell us about today. All right. So Buster and I, we've been talking about this episode for a long time because we we get asked as technical advisors, and not just Buster and myself, but other technical advisors as well, there are some common questions that we get asked on, on a fairly regular basis. So we came up with this list of the top 10 most common questions that we get asked. Um, and we worked with the other technical advisors as well to, to come up with these. And, and Buster, I think just about everything on this list, I've, I've probably been asked in the last week or two. And, yeah. and very, very likely that, that you have too. And some of these are a little bit different than some of the others, but it's it's definitely a common theme. So Maybe you'll you'll learn something here. Maybe you've already asked us these questions. That'd be that'd be great, and uh, hopefully we we give some good answers to them. And you know, it was kind of hard to whittle the list down, so there might be a another top ten, or I guess it would be a top, you know, top ten of the top twenty that we end up doing at a later date. But uh, I guess without without further ado, we'll we'll go ahead and get started. And and I'll ask you this first one, Buster. So, why are your tubing caps and plugs backwards? It doesn't make any sense. Ah, uh, yeah. The age-old question of caps and plugs. Now, a lot of people are used to pipe plugs and pipe caps, which are completely different. But once again, this is the tube fitting game, and we do a lot of things different. So, real quick. Let's go ahead and take a look at what we have on the screen right now. So you should be seeing our caps and our plugs. We have a saying that we like to go by. You cap tubing, you plug a port. And a port's going to be anything on a tube fitting, a valve, or any kind of a, um, any of our components that have a tube fitting in. 
if you notice that plug, it's got a little bitty button on the end of it. That's act, and when you look on the inside, it actually has a machine ferrule in there, which does the sealing of the port, so you don't have any leakage through it. For the caps, really, what it is, it's a tube fitting with a end cutoff. You install it pretty much similarly, just like a regular tube fitting, although it's not necessarily the same. It's not meant to go anywhere. That's uh, and, and these come in all of our sizes from one sixteenth all the way up to two inch. Have you ever seen a two inch cap or a plug before? Pretty big. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and that's uh, it, it's one of those things that if you call in asking for it, we, we like to say, please, please, if you order the same amount of each one, we'll get it right every time. But if you don't, then we know that uh, we got to do a little more digging just to verify and make sure that it is you're asking for what you're asking for. If, if someone's ever called me, they, they know that when they ask for a tubing cap, I'm going to ask them, okay, are, are you looking for something that you put a piece of tubing into or are you looking at something that covers a fitting port? Because I need to verify because there are so many people that that will look at, you know, say a tubing plug and it physically looks like a pipe cap, but right. about the function and what it actually does. And that's that's why they're called what they're called. Yeah. So that, that's always a fun one. All right. Well, number two. Logan, I have no idea what this thread is or what size this this he says the tubing looks to be quarter inch can you help me <laughs> so the short answer is yes we we absolutely can help you so as we as we know here in here in the great us of a the the pipe fitting that we see the most is npt thread right you know it's it's more or less the standard but in our plants we have equipment that comes from all over the world so you might get into british threads there are some metric threads out there and then you get into straight threads or tapered threads and there are all different kinds of options so the short answer is yes we can help you and and one of the ways that we do that is by using our thread id kit and you can see it right here on the screen and um i i probably use this about once a week buster going out to a customer and, and helping them id a thread with this kit so what this kit has is every different size or not every different size and type of thread that's that's out there. And we also have a thread ID book where we're able to measure the threads with a caliper, we get the pitch, and uh, we can help you come up with the part number for, for the right thread that you need. And we have some customers that have so many, and we call them weird threads, right? But where right. they came from, that, it's not weird, that's the standard, but they're weird to us because we, we see more MPT than anything else. I remember uh, First time I heard the uh, Hermeto threads, I was, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, Hermeto threads, what's that? Okay, let's figure it out. So, yeah, threads threads come from everywhere. And then on your screen, just uh, just another little tidbit real quick. Um, you see uh, the difference between a fractional tube fitting and a metric tube fitting. So metric tube fitting, using metric tubing, will always have that little step right there on the shoulder of both the hex and on the nuts. So if you see that step shoulder on one of your fittings, please don't try to put standard size tubing into it because it's not going to work properly. But if you need help ID and a thread, please let us know and we will 
we will come out and we will help you like we've done time and time again. <laughs> In fact, I recently had that happen. And I was, I told the gentleman, I was like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to get our thread ID kit and I'll come back. And he says, oh, no worry. I got one on my shelf. And I was really, really impressed to see that at a customer site. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> All right. So number three, Buster. All right, here we go. I need a three-quarter inch hand bender. Can you sell me one of those? Ooh, three-quarter inch tubing. No, <laughs> I cannot sell you a hand bender for three-quarter inch tubing because that is quite difficult tubing to bend. Uh, our hand benders, we have quarter inch, we have three-eighths, and we have half inch. Now, when it comes to three-quarter inch, one inch, we do have different options available. We have our benchtop bender, we have our electric bender. And here's the great thing. If you're using this, you might only need it for a little bit. So what do we have available to our customers for that? Plain and simple. We can actually rent our tools. You don't just have to worry about buying them. If you have a project going on and let's say you need a, a multi-head swaging unit, Let's say you need a, a one-inch electric bender. Let's say you need a welder or two-facing tool if you're going to be doing welding. There's all kind of options that you can actually rent from us either by the day, the week, or the month. A lot of the contractors and EPCs that we work with, when a project's going on and we see the bill of materials, we take a look and we say, hey, here's a list of tools that you're probably going to be needing also. And usually they rent those and... It's for a week for a certain part or not. So tools, we have a lot of them, but they're not just to be bought. You can rent them also. We have them. We'll help demonstrate how to use them and train you on them also. Uh, I'm actually working on that application right now with our orbital welder. Customers need to do some welds. They're going to be renting that from us. So that's another option we have available. Buster, have you ever tried to bend half-inch heavy wall, say, 049 or even 065 wall yes. with a bender? Yes, I have out of my pure, I should be able to do this as a, as a man. And let me tell you, it was not fun. Have you? Yes. So, I mean, and that's, that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is even, even half-inch heavy wall tubing, when you get that bender, it, it, it takes some muscle. So yep. moving up to three-quarter inch size with a hand bender would, would be significantly more difficult even than that. Yep. Um, there, there are companies out there that, that sell hand ratchet benders yep. for different sizes. Um, those, those are available, um, but we, we have a benchtop bender. Swagelock has the benchtop benders for, for these applications, and, and the benchtop benders make it simple. Um, you can bend the tubing, turn in the crank with your, with your pinky finger. So. Oh, yeah. um, that's that's our option for that. All right. The next question is, hey, Logan, I just need some of that plastic tubing y'all have. Do I need an insert for that? So it depends. So the short answer to that one is, is maybe. Um, the rule of thumb on plastic tubing is if you can pinch it between your thumb and forefinger and it gives, then you do need an insert for the tubing. If you pinch it and it doesn't give, then you're fine without using an insert. So 
what, what it comes down to is you need the tubing to be able to have the hoop strength for the ferrules to actually grab onto the tubing. So if you're using, you know, some of the different types of, of poly tubing, likely will not need an insert. But if you're using a vinyl tubing or we have a lot of Tigon tubing in the labs where, you know, if, if you hold it, it loses its, its circle and, and goes to oval. So in those cases, yes, you would need to use a tubing insert. And what the tubing insert does, and you can see a picture of it on your screen here, is it allows the ferrules to have something to grip onto under the tubing. Without those on this type of tubing, it would, I mean, you could, you could just pull it out or it would, it would potentially come out under, under even low pressures. So we get asked that question quite a bit. And we, we have a little demo piece we like to bring out um, with a poly tube versus a Tigon tube. And we can, we can show that to you. And I mean, you can clearly see one you can pinch, one you can't, one you need an insert for, one you don't. So you always want your fitting material to be harder than your tubing material. And we've talked about that on here before. Um, but when it comes to plastic, whether or not you need an insert depends on the type of tubing that it is. And by that rule of thumb, with the pinch. Yeah, uh, uh, that is so true. And then we don't even, we haven't even talked about using a PFA fitting versus using metal fittings on a PTFE hose, the hard one that you can't pinch. Uh, the installation for that, that just takes us for another probably 10 to 15 minutes discussion right there. Yes, it does. We could we could do another episode on, on that one, and we we probably should. We should do one on poses. Put that in our back pocket. Yeah. I'm making a note right now <laughs> for the next episode. All, All right. right but I get this one a lot, a whole lot. This this probably would have been the uh, the number one. Yeah, this could have been. Had we actually ranked these and not, not done them in random order. So, what's the pressure rating of your tube fitting? Ooh. I, I love when this question comes up. Uh, because when you explain it, you can tell not always that people understand it. Because it, it's kind of an inverse concept. Uh, our pressure rating... For our tubing, for our tube fittings, actually will go by the pressure rating of the tubing. And the reason for this is because, you know, in a system, you always want to look for the lowest, the lowest pressure component to be the weakness in the system. Well, when you're looking at tubing, you'll see, and here's an example of uh, a chart we tell our customers. Well, what are you working on? If they say, well, I'm at quarter inch tubing and I need it to be 6,000 pounds. Okay. Well, if you look on the chart, you'll see quarter inch, 049, good for 7,500. And if you've ever heard a swedge lock presentation, or maybe a little something called the Mr. Smith that a certain person on this chat had won for us, not me, Logan. Uh, in there, they say, now you'll see that the tube fitting is hold, will hold pressures high enough to burst the tubing. And if you go on YouTube, you'll look and see that we actually have burst videos uh, where a properly installed tube fitting will prevent a blowout of the tubing, but the tubing will fail before then. Uh, you know, there's different variables 
for this. There's the wall thickness in 035 versus 049 versus 065, your half inch, your three eighths. If you look at a half inch 049, it's 3,700. Quarter inch 049 is 7,500 PSI. So, you know, you want to go by the lowest rated component in your system. And the tube fitting is just a, a connection between those two. So, so long story short, a tube fitting connection is rated to the burst pressure of the tubing that you're using. That if is you're one of the, the swage lock training classes. Your your test at the end is you you put together a loop using different sizes of tubing and different connections, and we stick it in our burst chamber and we blow it up. Yeah. And it never pulls out of the fitting if it's installed properly. It never blows out of the fitting. It it always bursts at the tubing. Therefore. The fitting itself is rated to the burst pressure. Of your so, quick, quick story on that. Uh, we were doing a demonstration with the burst uh, chamber one time, and I grabbed a piece of tubing from our assembly solution shop, and I put it in. I installed it. It was three-eighths. I go ahead, and our burst chamber goes up to like 15,000, almost 20,000, if I'm correct. And the machine was pegging out at 20,000 and it wouldn't burst. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Come to find out, we'd use some hardened and annealed, like cold drawn 3 8 tubing. And the tube fitting worked for it. It wasn't even an FK fitting. I was like, wow, that is amazing to see. So, yeah, hey, four to one safety factors. It's, it's real. It is. It is. Maybe we need to talk about that too. All right. Now, Logan, uh, common question. I get this a lot with some of my customers who are some PhD level engineers uh, working on very critical systems. Uh, won't mention who they are, but you know, it's pretty impressive whenever they call with a question. And they say, I'm going through your catalog. I am looking for the torque rating on your tube fitting for installation. Can you tell me what, how many foot-pounds of torque I need to install your tube fitting? And that's, that's always a fun question, Buster, because we always talk about the different variables when you're installing a fitting, right? You, you have the fitting itself and all the components in a fitting. Then you have the gas making up fitting. And then, you know, the, the final part to that, and this is a good follow-up question to the one we just talked about, is the tubing. And, and all tubing is not created equal. There are different wall thicknesses. There are different hardnesses. There are different materials. Um, the tubing is all very different. So when it comes to a torque rating, we can't give you a torque rating because it would be different on quarter-inch 035 versus quarter-inch 065. Um, so we do not pull our tube fittings up by torque. We pull our tube fittings up by... Turn in a quarter. <laughs> Turn in a quarter. That's right. So that, you know, for the smaller sizes, it's a little bit less, um, three quarters of a turn, but a turn in a quarter is, is what most of our tube fittings will be pulled up to, you know, mark the nut, pull it up a turn in a quarter. You're good to go. It'll hold to burst every single time. Take the fitting apart, remake it. It'll hold to burst every single time. But there, there you go. There so is. we do not pull up our fittings by torque. We pull them up by a turn and a quarter. The compensating action of the ferrules, which another episode, write, write that one down, that, um, yeah. allows the fitting to work at a turn and a quarter on 
every different wall thickness, um, every different size, you know, quarter inch above and with, with all the different materials. So turning a quarter is, is the magic thing to remember there. I'll never forget uh, being taught geosequential phase pull-up, which was the fancy way of saying at every quarter turn, we know what's going on inside that fitting to make sure that it is it performs the way it's supposed to be. So, and the nut advance is 12 and a half thousandths of an inch. And at the end, you'll be at 62 and a half thousandths of an inch. That's right. And to quote Gary Welburn, isn't that the smoothest feel you've ever felt in a tube fitting before? There you go. <laughs> Getting old school. Love Gary. All right. All right. Ne- next question, Buster. Hey, man, I need a valve. I need a ball valve. I, I need you to quote me a ball valve. Can you, can you give me a valve? Well, yeah, we, we have a lot of valves available. I'm just going to have a few questions before we start on this. And, and this question we get, I need a valve. I need a, I need a regulator. I, a lot of our components, you know, I need a check valve. But, great question. You know, hey, we've got it for you. However, there's a few things that we need to know beforehand. And it's real simple. We want to know what pressure are you working at? And of course, we always get it's low pressure. Well, pressure, like my cousin, is relative. It's all depend. Low pressure for you might be 100 PSI. Low pressure for an offshore guy might be 15,000 PSI. So we want to make sure that the pressure rating that we have for the valve or the component matches your system, and you'll have a valve properly for that. The next one is temperature. Are you working at ambient temperature, 70 degrees F? Are you working in Celsius? Uh, Are you working at an elevated temperature? Let's say, you know, I send you a valve out. You say, I'm working at 5,800 PSI. I've got a 6,000 rated valve. Oh, but by the way, we're also working at 450 degrees F. Well, what happens is you actually derate the the, uh, pressure rating for that valve whenever you go to elevated temperature. And this works on tubing and hoses and a lot of different items in the fluid system world. So if that, temp- if that piece is missing, we could be completely off on that side. Next is the media. What are you running through there? Is it for nitrogen? Is it for air? Is it ethylene, propylene? Is it sulfuric acid? All these will, then we have to look at chemical compatibility of our wetted components in the valve or in a regulator or any of those items, because we want to make sure that they are chemical compatible. They are compatible chemically or chemical, either one of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The joys of live broadcast. Uh, We've had before where, you know, a customer had bought a valve and we, all of a sudden, next thing you know, hey, this valve has failed and come to find out they're trying to run it through an application where it doesn't, doesn't work it's not compatible and then finally size are you doing quarter inch half inch three eighths two inch all of those factors also play into a role of the pressure rating for the component so it goes all four of these questions may help us to make sure that we're trying to find the right component for your application it always you know it's the same thing like with a hose hey i just need a hose Okay, what pressure rating? Oh, it's 2,500. I'll just take this one. That one's not rated for it. So 
it really helps to know this bit of information whenever we're going and uh, specking out a product for you. So, yeah. Bottom line is we need to make sure we ask the right questions to get you the right parts because right. we don't want you to have to deal with something that doesn't work for your system once it gets out to your facility. I know. So, that's, yeah. A lot of times it's, I just need a valve. I've got a few questions. I just want a valve. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, Logan, here's the next one. Um, I've got a big list of parts for this construction job or a turnaround. And it's got some non-swedge lock items on there. Can you quote it all? Probably so, Buster. So the the beauty of working for a swedge lock distributorship is essentially we rep one product line, and that is swedge lock products. When it comes to these big construction jobs or you know, even even some smaller projects, you know, somebody will get a list of parts. Um, you might have some tube fittings on it, might have some tubing on it. You know, obviously we, we have those and you may have some regulators, some hoses. Yes, we have those. Um, but maybe you want some, some channel track or some unistrut or, or something that you need to, to mount it. Maybe you need some spring nuts, some hex bolts, or maybe you need some type of, we talked about soft tubing earlier. Maybe you need some kind of plastic tubing that swage lock doesn't necessarily manufacture. Um, we can go out and get those parts. So we do have the ability to go out and, and source third-party parts from other vendors to be a part of larger orders that do contain swage lock products. So if, if that's a way we can help you out, we, we love to do it. And, you know, a lot of our customers, you may, if you have a list of 20 parts and, and two of them aren't swage lock, you don't want to break that list up and send those two parts to another vendor and the 20 parts to us. So let us make it easy for you. Um, you know, we'll we'll get it quoted somewhere else and we'll ship it out with the rest of your order and just make it easy. Yeah. So the the answer is yes, we we do have that ability to do that on on many, many components. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's kind of a short one. Yeah. All right. so where are we All right, Next question. Hey Buster, I'm I'm out in the field, I'm looking at this part. I need a replacement for it. I don't know what it is. Like, can, can you help me out? I, I just need help figuring out what this part is, man. Yeah. Uh, I love those. And uh, that is the reason why I like to wear FRs almost every day because, or have my coveralls in the trucks because more than likely I'm going to be ending up in the field. There you go. Um, when this comes up, it's because something's usually been in the field a long time, and there's different ways that we can handle this situation. Well, one, can you send us a picture of it? And sometimes they can, and we're pretty good at identifying parts and what they are. Uh, sometimes we'll get the we'll get a picture, and we'll be we'll say, oh, "Well, that's not ours." So, can we come out there? And that's when we're going out and taking a look at this component. Uh, you may just need to put your eyes on it to safely assure we can make an educated guess, and our experience has helped us with that, but really it helps to put our eyes on it. The other thing that we can do is if you look on a lot of our components on the side of it, there's a part number, and sometimes people don't realize this. Uh, I was in the field at actually recently on a lube skid, and they had a bunch of our 60 series valves, and the guys, hey, I, I need these part numbers and everything he sent me wasn't 
It wasn't a part number. So I go out there, I get to it. In our 60 series, they're at the bottom of the valve. On our 40 series, they're like on the side, on our regulators are on there. So I have to get down on the ground and look up and I'm writing the numbers and they're all right there for us. So that's a, that's a pretty quick and easy way. Either just look around the body for it or send us a picture or, you know, one of the benefits of being a swedge lock customer is, you know, you have your dedicated technical advisor like us where we can come out there and take a look and, and, and make sure that what it is. And sometimes we find a better product for your replacement to be safer more reliable and a better operating product. So uh, the other thing, that's a really good point, I think, Buster, because how many times have you gone out in the field? Hey, I need to replace this valve. And then you, you know, you, you start asking a few questions and the valve that they have in service is definitely not the best valve for the application. It, it, it definitely, I mean, it happens quite, quite often. So that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And then also uh, our EDTR catalog is a great way. Let's say by chance you can't get a hold of somebody at the moment. Uh, we might be in the field looking at another one. If you, our EDTR has our electronic catalog and it's really, really easy to go and uh, put in all, like if you're just looking at valves, it'll tell you every single valve. It'll give you every piece of information about it too. Uh, and, and guys, everything that we're talking about today we're going to put in the, if you're on our podcast platform, we're going to put in the show notes, YouTube, we're going to go ahead and put a link. So some of the resources that we use for these will uh, part numbers for catalog items. We're going to go ahead and put those all in the show notes. So don't worry about that. Oh. All right. This is the last one. This is number 10. You ready, Logan? Ready. <clears throat> Wait, I didn't know y'all did that. Y'all really have those? Yeah, so <laughs> this one's funny because this one may be considered a cop-out question because it's not specific. But when we're going around asking all of our salespeople, what do you get common, you know, what common questions do you get? A lot of them were, wait, you guys do, and then insert one of the many things that we're able to do besides, you know, sell tube fitting and valves, which is what we're still primarily known for. I mean, that's, that's what the Swage Lock name comes with, but this is a really common question that we get. Um, you know, we're, we're out there trying to spread the word, you know, as, as outside technical advisors of, of the different capabilities that, that Swage Lock has. And, um, that's, that's essentially our job, right? But, we always run across situations where people didn't know that we did something that, that we do. I mean, Buster talked about rental equipment earlier, just last week. Wait, you guys, you guys rent those things. I mean, wait, you guys have somebody that can, that can come on site and show our guys how to install. Wait, you guys have day long training classes. Hold on. You guys can make grab sample panels. You can give me a plan 52. I mean, all different types of leaks in our, in our facility. Yeah, that's yeah. One, that one's actually kind of my favorite whenever we talk about leak detection, because they say, oh, we have someone out here that already checks for leaks. And, you know, my follow up question for that is, oh, are they actually looking for leaks or are they looking for, you know, fugitive emissions? And they say, well, fugitive emissions. And then we go and, and we find all the leaks that are on your nitrogen, your helium, your other systems. Uh, and, and 
look, I'm going to share our EDTR real quick just to elaborate on this. I mean, look at everything. Each section has a different, has more underneath all the different fittings we have, all the different valves, manifolds, ball valves, leak detectors, seal support systems. I mean, there, there's a wide variety of things. And Buster, again, this is just the product side. This this doesn't even show the the services side, the assembly solutions, the you know the the on-site field services, and in some of the I mean the rental equipment even the the parts are in there, but just different things that we do that people don't know we do. So that's uh, the answer that might be ask us ask us because we we have a lot more capabilities than you're probably aware of so give us give us an opportunity and we'll we'll show you what we can do that's right that's right so well we are at the end of our hour our producer Aubrey is out today so we're kind of rolling free range so I'm gonna go like her and say time to go <laughs> we're buttered up against our time and we hope that you guys had fun with this because we definitely had fun polling people and coming up with the with the top 10 list. Like I said before, we had trouble narrowing it down. So this will likely not be the last top 10 list that we do. If you have a question that you want to get answered on the show, uh, please comment. If you're depending on what platform you're looking at, we monitor all of them. So please comment. We'll answer your questions on our on our next top 10 list. And if you have an urgent question, like we always say. Please, please don't wait to have it answered on the show. Please get in touch with us directly, either Buster or myself or your tech specific technical advisor or give our office a shout. But we, we appreciate you guys participating. We've gotten some good feedback and uh, keep it coming because, you know, this show is this show's for you guys. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, go check us out at ssct.swedgelock.com. Uh, all the links are going to be in the notes below. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. And now we are on podcast platform. Uh, all of our t uh, talk episodes are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you can, Give us a rating, a five star, and leave us a little comment down there so that we can get this word out and share it with your friends. Uh, we appreciate y'all following along. If you've got any more questions, send them our way. Logan, time to get back in the field, man. Have a good week. You too, man. Let's get back to work. All right.